Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for April 22nd, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my good friends Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz this week, including the Dizzer who was named Disney's new Chief Magic Official. Julie Martin has her first installment <laughs> in our Disney wedding series this week. I think I'll leave that in. And Kevin and John have details on the 10th anniversary of Animal Kingdom, which they attended yesterday. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. It is good to be home. Uh, as I'm sure you all know, I was out in uh, Disneyland for what seemed like an eternity. Um, we actually ended up being there instead of six days, ended up being there 11 days. And uh, Walter, I, I don't think, ever wants to see the inside of a Disney theme park again. <laughs> yeah, April's almost over. I know, and really. You, you left it was at like, the beginning. I left at the beginning. I came back at the end. Um, no, we had, a, we had a great trip. We're actually doing a, um, a special, uh, we're going to do a special show in addition to this show and our email show. We're going to be doing a whole show on our Disneyland trip. That will be on the site Friday. And uh, we have a couple of surprises in that show, not the least of which is Walter is actually going to sit in at the table and, and join us, which should be interesting. And uh, it was a great trip, though. It was a great trip. It was the most expensive 11 days I have ever had in my life, though. Oh, my God. The price of stuff out there is insane. I will never complain. About the prices at Disney World again, mm. ever, ever. Well, maybe not ever, but sometime for at least another week. So, um, just a couple of housekeeping things. First of all, I want to say thank you to these guys for doing such a tremendous job with uh, the shows last week. Uh, really, it was a very interesting experience for me to uh, have to wait to download the show and listen. And because uh, I was up uh, that particular morning, I think it was up at like 6 a.m. Like, oh, the show's up, the show's up. And I'm like, oh, this is what the listeners go through. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, Walter was still sleeping. And I was sitting, you know, I, was, I had plug, plug, my headset plugged into my, uh, my laptop and I was listening to the stream. And you guys had me cracking up. I had to go sit out in the balcony. <laughs> I didn't want to wake him up. But uh, it was a great show. You did two great shows. Everybody did a really, really good job. So I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate that, and uh, seems like the folks, our listeners, really appreciated it. Get some great feedback on the boards. We did. It was nice. So thank you. I just wanted to say thanks to everybody for that. So uh, you guys have a, a housekeeping. We had our first fan encounter in at Epcot Sunday. We've ah. never met anyone in the parks <laughs> before, and we had been in guest services getting some Disney dollars. We were coming around the corner. Um, I was on the phone with Corey's sister because she was meeting us there. And all of a sudden, some guy runs up to Corey. He's like, are you Corey? Corey? Puts his hand out. And I'm like trying to get off the phone so I can find out who this guy is. So you can have Corey's back. <laughs> yeah, so we have to say hi to Derek in New Jersey. And yeah. his sister, she doesn't listen to the show, but hello, Danielle. Yeah, he was really very nice. He was very excited. I gave him a pin. Um, when I asked him, I'm like, do you have a pin? He goes, oh, no, I don't have one on me. I'm like, no, no, I did some plug pin. It's <laughs> like, something that you can wear. That's why they want a pin and a lanyard. Yeah. <laughs> we were dressed in regular clothes. We didn't have a Diz Unplug shirt on. Yeah, wow. We were incognito. Did he recognize your voice? Is that what he said? I think he recognized us. I wasn't talking. We, weren't, uh, we were further away from him. Yeah, know? they're the more photographed members yeah, that's true. of the, uh, of the Julie team. Julie Moore. Yes, but more look so. at them. 
It just was really cool because all of you have met Bob has met multiple people I know and mm. you know all of Bob you lights to the park. <laughs> all, all of you have met people, so it was kind of exciting. We had our first little experience isn't it, with that. Isn't it? It's sort of fun and weird at the yeah. same time. Yeah, it's like, I mean, he was so excited. I mean, you know, genuinely so nice. excited and very happy to meet us. So. He's been listening to the show for a while since He's, our Sky Coaster segment. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. really hi, Derek. cool. Yeah, I, oh, you know, it reminds me. I just because we were talking about this right before the show, my uh, I think they've co- they've come to refer to him as the as my Chicago Land stalker. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. I I wish I did, but I understand some people thought that was uh, going over the line. Him calling me at my hotel, I actually was really uh, flattered by that. I thought it was really cool. Um, I realized he wanted to leave a voicemail. He wasn't expecting me to pick up uh, the phone. And uh, but I was—I mean, Walter was a little weirded out. <laughs> what if he had been calling from the lobby? See, I thought he was. Oh, I'm calling from inside the hotel room. I, <laughs> I thought he no. I—that's I, where I thought he was. I didn't realize he was like calling. I thought it was somebody else who was staying there, just calling to say, you know, hey, have a great vacation. Well, even if he was, he sent an email saying, "I'm in Chicago. I'm, I'm harmless. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm Call not dangerous. Yeah, please don't come. No, get I didn't. Me. I didn't look at it like that. Maybe I should have, but." I, <laughs> I didn't. So what did he say to you when he when he picked up the phone? Well, he was obviously a little stunned when I picked up the phone, and it was something to the effect of, "Is this Pete?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes." I just wanted to wish you know, uh, tell you I hope you have a great vacation, and I'm like, "Who is this?" <laughs> and he introduced himself and he said he was a listener and that he was planning to. He wasn't expecting me to answer the phone. That he was going to leave a uh, a voicemail. And uh, I told him, you know, I was actually just on my way out the door to go have a meeting with uh, the folks at Disneyland. And so I really couldn't talk long because I was literally like running late. And but I thought that was really cool. I they thought that was really, really cool. They don't come to you in the park. They call you on the phone. And don't tell well, that's because <laughs> now <laughs> I, I saw that email and I was like, uh oh, the only way they're going to have contact with Pete is to call him. <laughs> So you never yeah, know when you'll really. pick up the phone. Okay, we're going to be Mr. and Mrs. Barney Rubble from now on, wherever we go. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Barney oh, So, no, I thought that... Uh, so, Corey and Julie had their first fan encounter. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. I was going to save this for later as I part knew, of... I knew you were I coming out. I have to tell you, we, we went to the Animal Kingdom 10th anniversary celebration the other morning, and... We were standing, we were just at, past the ticket booth and waiting for the turnstiles to open and we saw someone wearing a Diz Unplugged shirt. And John said, hi, are you a Diz Unplugged listener? And he turned around and his jaw dropped. And he said, yeah, I am. And John stuck out his hand and said, I'm John Magi and this is Kevin Close. And his jaw dropped even further. We found Anthony's dad. Oh, you're kidding. Anthony and his family, mom, dad, brother and sister... We're waiting at the turnstile area to get into the Animal Kingdom that morning. No planning. This was just serendipity that we had found Anthony in the park. Wow. And then Bob came along and we all had pictures. And ran him over. <laughs> no, actually, Bob was um, on foot. I was on foot. Oh, he, you were sans cart there was, in a theme park? Well, let me explain. There's times that you take the cart in and there's times that you just... Are so frustrated with the size of the crowd that you can't move anywhere, so you end up you're better off just on foot. So this was I left a, the it cut. was a busy day at the Animal Kingdom. Yeah, so and I this knew, was before it opened. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, that's very cool. We gave him pins and and photo Kevin, photo ops. Photo op, and Kevin signed his shirt. He was wearing a shirt, and he had had other characters sign the back of his shirt. <laughs> oh, yes, good. you are, Kevin. You're a character. Oh, yes, good. I'm a character. <laughs> I'm not the only one that's given an autograph now. Well, I'm not sure that I would do this for most people. This was Anthony. I know. So when are we going to start having you sign their breasts? <laughs> <laughs> okay, need I need a good sharpie for wait, that. I haven't had that happen. You haven't. I haven't. Oh, you should stick with me. Um, so we got to actually meet the real Anthony. Wow. That's very cool. That's yeah, very, it very was cool. very cool. It was the start of a really nice day. Yeah. Awesome. That's very, very cool. Very cool. So, Anthony looked a little shell-shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony didn't quite know what to say. He didn't. I'm not sure he expected that that was ever really going to happen. So it was kind of like he was, he was a quiet, very nice young man. But you could tell it was kind of one of those moments that... Holy crap. He felt like he was in a dream. Yeah. <laughs> We're like the people in the iPod, you know. <laughs> never step out, you know. It's like Tron. <laughs> the people in the iPod. I never, I never thought of it that way. We're often asked on the boards in an email, is it okay to approach the podcast team? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you must avert your eyes. <laughs> you see, <it's> <laughs> I'm approaching. <laughs> Our heads must always be higher than yours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can approach us. Please do. <laughs> Invariably, they approach me when I'm having a screaming fit. Are you Kevin? No, <laughs> no, I'm somebody. I was else. afraid of that. You know, Walter has to remind me of that when we're in the park. So, you know, when I start losing my temper, he's like, "There could be people around. Stop it!" Because <laughs> when I was flipping out on Bell Services at the hotel, ooh, he's um, getting good at that. Oh, he's getting very good. Walter's getting very, very good at that. He's like your own personal little bodyguard. He's like making sure. He's, he's like, stop it. People could be watching. We were in Epcot one day, and I was pushing my mom in a wheelchair, as I normally do. And this older gentleman, and I, I don't mean to make an exaggeration out of this, literally stepped in between the front of the wheels as we were moving forward. So every I stopped abruptly. She went flying forward. The people behind me walked into me. And I said in a louder tone than I probably needed to, excuse me. And John goes, there are people listening. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good day, sir. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, gotten, I haven't gotten recognized by voice yet. No, it happens. Well, that's because my, you know, people tell me my voice in person sounds very different than it does on the show. I'm not quite sure why. but I don't, I don't I've been that. told that. I've been told that really? numerous times, yeah, that I sound different in person than I do on the show. I've been told I'm better looking in person. <laughs> I've been told that, too. They lied to you. Yeah, I, I was going to say, they were lying. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that'll do it for, like, a marathon housekeeping. <laughs> all right. We do have one more housekeeping that we have to uh, discuss. Our May 4th podcast, live podcast taping uh, over at the Gaylord Palms. Um, a lot of people have some questions about the logistics and uh, basically, we're telling everybody one o'clock, we're going to do like uh, um, hors d'oeuvres and snacks from about 1230 to about uh, two o'clock. Um, so we give people time to arrive um, because once we start recording, we are closing the doors. We're not going to let anyone else in. So you really, really, really should be there by one. Um, but if you can't be there by one, be there before two because at two o'clock, we are going to close the doors. Uh, we can't have people kind of coming in and out while we're recording. 
Uh, Got to try and keep as much of a lid on the environment as we can. Uh, we're also expecting a pretty decent crowd. It's a little larger than I thought, the RSVP list. And uh, we, are, uh, we are giving things away. We are going to do some surprises, some good surprises. Something uh, to keep in mind while you're talking about logistics. Uh, Gaylord Palms is like a Disney resort. It's a large place. So if you go parking at 5 of 2, you're going to have trouble getting to the destination. We also are not certain of which room we're going to be using yet, so we can't tell you that it's definitely going to be here or there. There will be signs inside. But leave yourself some ample time to park the car and get to where you want to be. Yeah, if you come in the main, uh, the main building, uh, come, in, come in the main entrance into the lobby, there are going to be signs. We're going to have signs put up guiding you to... Uh, to uh, uh, where we're recording, right? So it, it won't be hard to find once you get in there. And it's not, um, you know, it's not going to be a hidden room somewhere. It's probably going to be off the atrium or close to the atrium. So it's not like you're going to have to go through the whole resort to find it. But right. Kevin's correct; the atrium is quite large. So. Also, Gaylord Palms is a pretty spectacular destination. So you're going to want to leave some time before or some time after to look around. They have a great brunch over there. People want to take in that. If you want to come over early and do brunch yeah. and and join us for hors d'oeuvres and, and snacks before the show. And, of course, the show itself. We're planning some cool stuff. Yes. So it's going to be the Gaylord Palms, May 4th at 1 p.m. We will be doing hors d'oeuvres between 1230 and 2. But you must be there. Before 2 o'clock, we will be closing the doors. People have also asked how much time they should allot for it so they can plan the rest of the day. The uh, The average time it takes us to record the show is could be anywhere. Well, it's hard to say because we're going to be doing a, a somewhat different format for the show on that day. We're not going to be doing a normal show. There will be some elements of the normal show in there, but we're going to be doing some different stuff. So I would say you should probably allot... If you're gonna if you're gonna get there at one, if we're gonna start recording at two, I wouldn't expect to be out of there much before four, three thirty, four o'clock. So because it normally takes us about two hours to do a show. I don't know if we're gonna have as many. I was stops thinking longer, and, but no. Okay. Maybe who knows? Depends on how involved people get. Yeah, it depends on how much we like all of you. And if we want to hurry up and get through it or not. No, I'm kidding. I'm get kidding. out! And who we? You're hideous. Get out! <laughs> and who we can talk into singing Barracuda? <laughs> Is that so, a planned activity? It's always a planned activity oh, Okay. So if you're going to be in town May 4th We'll be over at the Gaylord Palms Which is on uh, Osceola Parkway Can't miss it Really can't miss it, the thing is huge It can be seen from <laughs> it does space kind of sit in the middle of emptiness Cow pastures <laughs> it Yeah, does. it's just like this big Huge thing I Can't miss it <laughs> So we, if you're going to uh, join us, please make sure you send us a note, RSVP. Just send us an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com and let us know if you're going to be attending and if you're going to be bringing anybody with you. And if you're late, no fruit cup. And uh, you're welcome to bring You're welcome to bring children. We just ask you bring children that can... Have been sedated. Yeah, sedated <laughs> or can sit quietly. Children's Tylenol, please. Or they can fit in a locker. <laughs> Sleepy time tea in a Superman sippy cup. <laughs> We love children. So they taste like chicken. <laughs> Stop. We're just joking. So we look forward to seeing all of you there. There are also a couple other things in uh, housekeeping we have to mention. First, we have to say thank you 
to who are we saying thank Michelle you Michelle and Paul Klein. Michelle and Paul Klein for sending us a lovely box of chocolates, box full of chocolates. I just need you people to understand something. <laughs> this stuff stays here in my house when these guys leave. And then in the middle of the night at 2 o'clock when I'm peckish, I come, in, I come into the podcast room <laughs> and I go grazing through the boxes of chocolates. Hey, this is what entices us all to come back each week. I, <laughs> I volunteer to keep the chocolates at my house. No, please go right ahead. Go right ahead. We should divvy them up. There's enough that we can all take some home. Yes. I didn't Please. see. I didn't see. There's that. there's a lot there that was very very nice. So we really wow. we really do yes, appreciate thank you. that. Okay, uh, Bob, Kevin, and I have a request. If we have any listeners in Wisconsin, we love cheese yeah. and pepperoni for Kevin. <laughs> yeah, we're reaching out to the, the people that you know. People don't think cows. I don't pay you guys enough that you can't afford to go out and buy food that you're begging. Especially you're begging our cheese. listeners for cheese. We like garlic bread too. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to. I like make filet sure. mignon. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, none of us have had lunch yet either. I like filet mignon unless it's served at the Napa Rose. Uh oh. Uh oh. But that's another. That's that's for. Uh, that's for another. That's for tomorrow's time. show. But uh, I think requesting food like that—that's completely unethical. We, we don't have to. We <laughs> don't I like have caviar. To, <laughs> we don't have to reach out to just Wisconsin. We can re- reach out to those happy yeah, cows you, you, in California. California. You like yeah. very expensive Iranian caviar. Remember that uh, that birth the, the birthday dinner uh, at uh, Lutes at the uh, Venetian. I do. And John tried the caviar. They neglected to tell me it was nine hundred dollars an ounce. What? Oh, yeah, the, that bill came, and I thought I was going to fall over. That was the most expensive birthday dinner ever. Oh How many ounces ever. did you have? Like a half? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was measured in pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But those happy cows in California, we'll reach out to them, Vermont. too. Vermont? Oh, Vermont? You like that yes. commercial because the cow says, Je m'appelle Bob? Yeah. <laughs> I think there oh, was... Oh, you a- knew there was a self-serving <laughs> point somewhere. No, I really like those commercials. They're funny. <laughs> With the, the the last one I saw was the cows were racing, and all of a sudden they hit the place where all the flowers, the buttercup flowers that they like to eat, and they never actually race to the finish line. So the the other cow, the bulls were saying, "We need to move the finish line closer to the flowers." They, well, closer to the flowers. Okay. It's really funny. I guess you had to be there. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Cal. Thanks, Hans Christian Anderson. <laughs> Great storyteller. I am. Bob weaving a tail. <laughs> Where it will go. Nobody knows. All right, all right. Let's get on with the news. Let's get on with the news. All right, our first news story this week. A Massachusetts family staying at Disney's Wilderness Lodge got an unexpected surprise following their accidental disposal of valuable jewelry. The Campanales of Worcester, Massachusetts, were preparing to leave the resort when the husband, Paul, unwittingly discarded his wife's wedding and anniversary rings. Oops. When the problem was discovered, the trash had already been removed. The Campanales alerted the housekeeping staff and were cautioned that it was unlikely their valuables would be found. They then boarded their bus back to the airport. And when the Wilderness Lodge staff realized that the trash had not yet been compacted for that day, Several cast members sifted through the garbage and found the missing rings. Uh, Drew Weaver, the executive housekeeper, caught up with the Magical Express bus at its next stop and returned the rings to the family. That's above and beyond. That's a really way is. above and beyond. Did you see the, the, the rings? Oh, my. These are... 
Those, those, those are some serious rings. Those are serious rings. Those are some serious. Ro- you know, that's that's great. That's I love hearing stories like that. I Tells mean, me there's still some magic in the cast members out here. The link is on the bottom of the page if you want to link to the picture of it. But, okay. Yeah. Hats off to the to the housekeeping staff at the Wilderness Lodge. That's really and truly above and beyond. That's great guest service. Great guest service. All right. Our next news story: uh, Orlando International Airport is now ranked as the 11th busiest in the nation. And the 21st busiest in the world. That's great. And is now addressing, starting to address the long security lines, which have become all too common. I had an experience with this uh, when we flew out of here a few weeks ago. In the West Hall, three security lanes are being added to the 15 currently in use. In the East Hall, there will be between four to nine lanes opened in addition to the 15 existing ones. In February, over 3 million travelers came through the airport an 11% increase over 2007. This was the third consecutive month as well as the first time that this airport had recorded this level of consistent passenger traffic. Other security measures include the expansion of the K-9 unit as well as additional behavior specialists and bomb appraisal experts who are able to assess suspicious baggage. Um, Now, Walter and I had flown out to California on a Tuesday morning. Our flight was at 7 a.m. And we got to the airport at 5.30 thinking we're in good shape. Mm. The line was absurd. I mean, they, this, there were, had to be three or 400 people in the security line yeah. at that hour. And part of the reason was, as I, as I read this, and I, you know, they're talking about 15 lanes currently in use. They had three of them going that morning. Three. Mm. And there were all these TSA people standing around picking their noses with this huge line, and I was just like, you know, this is ridiculous. This was just ridiculous. We flew back. We we landed on a Sunday morning at about 7.30. Took the red eye out of Los Angeles. And as we're coming out uh, of the, as we're coming out to go to baggage claim, same line, same line, same number of lanes open. And so I don't know that you know, you can add all the lanes you want, but if you're not going to man them with anybody, what's the point? Well, that's like Walmart. You go in Walmart and there's 60 lanes, uh, 60 registers, and there are three people working. Exactly. Exactly. I, so, uh, you know, I mean, great. I, I, I'm, it's great. It's great news for us that OIA is so busy, that it's got all this increase in traffic. That means basically more tourists. Um, which is great for the industry here, especially right now with the economy the way it is. But, you know, really the answer is not adding more lanes. The answer is adding more people. Get the uh, – uh, get, get uh, what the heck's their name? The uh, – TSA. The TSA to add more, add more staff to man the, uh, man the lanes. We talked uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I'm sorry, I don't remember when it was, about these companies that are now shipping your luggage for you. I have a feeling we're going to see that more and more, and that's going to become more competitive. Air traffic, air travel is just becoming so stressful. Airlines are folding, flights are being canceled, uh, security lines are getting to be ridiculous. I have a feeling we're going to see more and more people shipping their stuff ahead. You know what the solution to this is? Start allowing foreign-owned airlines to fly domestic flights inside the U.S. You know, these guys, I don't know why all these foreign airlines can do so well, make a profit, offer great service, on-time service, and a lot more amenities. But they're a lot more expensive a lot of times also. 
You can fly. I think that the one, what's the, the South, um, the Southeast Asian airline, I forget, air, not Air China, but it's something like that. That has the high, always has the highest ranked level of service and on time. However, their flights are exponentially more expensive. Well, so. you know what? But I think there are people who would be willing to pay that um, rather than get the bus with wings that most of us have to fly on right now. You're starting to get uh, nickel and dime with the added uh, price for uh, second luggage. Well, that and, I got nailed. We got nailed going out with that because Walter and I both had bags over 50 pounds. Yep. And we each had to pay $50 extra. Yep. Um, even though we had booked three seats and there were only two of us, we were still charged. But the guy felt really bad because he had, he, you know, the guy behind me, we weren't being a, we weren't being a pain. This is always never, ever get nasty. With the guys behind the counter who were messing with your tickets. Yeah, that plane. Because what he did was, um, you know, he was apologizing to us, like, you're just doing your job. And so instead of having three seats in United's regular coach, we got, you know, Coach Plus, which gives you, like, a little bit more leg room. So that was nice. And then on the way out, um, we, uh, for another $100 on top of what we'd already paid, they bumped us up to first class. Wow, that's nice. And but it was first class on Delta. I just looked into tickets to fly to Barcelona. A coach seat was twelve hundred and fifteen dollars round trip. So John said, "Check first class." A first class seat to Barcelona was seven thousand three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, wow. It can be very expensive to wow. fly first class. Yeah, that's why I would never buy a first class ticket outright. But if you can get bumped, um, I also got. Uh, speaking of security, I got uh, Walter and I both got pulled. At uh, LAX coming in, or as we were leaving, uh, got pulled off to the side. Had to get patted down. Leaving the airport? Yeah, yeah. Our, our ticket no, was flagged. leaving California to come back to Orlando. Right. Not trying to get into LA. No, not <laughs> oh, <laughs> they oh, don't pull you as you're getting. No, off as the we airplane. were leaving to come home. Oh, okay. Getting into the Sorry. Grand California. Like Pete was Sir, could you come here? And you know how embarrassing it is for me to have them go through because they, they only went through my carry-on bags, but. John's traveled with me before. You've all traveled with me before. You know how much crap I carry with me. Yeah. I mean, so he's pulling out all my cameras. He's pulling out all these wires. He's pulling out all these plugs. I just learned something that might help some people, that if you're carrying electronic equipment, I just learned this the other day, they suggest if you're going to put it through the x-ray machine that you lay it in a flat as flat as you possibly can. Do not pile it on top of each other. That causes a huge delay. So if you can make one layer of electronic equipment and like um, cushion it between other things. I would things, need four bags. <laughs> need, yeah. Your bag wouldn't fit through the, the thing? No. Well, no. for the others, if you layer electronic equipment in a flat layer as opposed to piling it on top of each other, it's much easier for them to check. Did Good you tip. have any trouble with the batteries? No, no, no. I had the batteries. I, you know, I, I wasn't putting bat. Well, that's what bothered me too. Was that the TSA guy didn't know about the rule about the batteries? Yeah, that kind of scared me. I'm like, okay, what else don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here telling you what's allowed and what's not. So, but no, they were very nice though. I had no problem. You know, I have no problem with them doing that. You want to yeah. pull to go right ahead. And the guy was like, "Wow, you're being really nice about this." I'm like, "Do people really give you that much crap?" Because you have no idea. I said, then you ought to hit them. <laughs> hit them where they sit. Well, I don't mind the ones who are going... Cavity through, search. When they get the machine, it goes through the machine and they're x-raying everything. Where did we fly? And they pulled out like a Chuck E. Cheese sticker and went through our bag and like... There's a couple times where we've flown and we, 
we knew ahead of time that I was being pulled aside. So we actually did is I gave Kevin all my bags and I went to the to aside and was, you know. He got like a big red star right. on his ticket. And then I yeah, was they wanded. had to stamp my ticket. Right. Yeah. But if he gave you all your oh, stuff. Oh, no, they, they, they didn't wand me. They literally, I mean, he touched my body. He was like literally. That's not what, even I'm, what I'm talking about. I'm talking down. about the, the suitcase. They opened our suitcase and they had a little gold foil sticker. And she went all through our suitcase with this gold foil that was sticker. New Jersey. And, they, and I they, asked her what it was. And she goes, oh, it changes colors if there's a bomb in your bag. That was New Jersey. That was Atlantic City. You had the same thing happen to your bags in Atlantic City. Uh, you know what? Like I said, anything they want to do to make sure those planes are yeah, safe, you go right ahead. That's why I got to the airport early. We were there way early for L- at LAX, but um, but we'll actually talk more about some of that stuff tomorrow in the Disneyland show. Final news story this week: A Dizzer has become Disney's chief magic official. Justin McConey of Pennsylvania was crowned the winner of Disney's chief magical of- of- official contest. The online contest had the three finalists. Competing this past weekend at Walt Disney World, voting was uh, voting then was open, and the winner chosen, McConey, director of fine arts and music, at a Pittsburgh area church, will officiate at major park events throughout the course of the following year. His other duties include dispensing wishes to park guests as part of the Year of a Million Dreams promotion. The 28-year-old was one of 1,300 initial applicants selected to compete. McConey commented that it was absolutely amazing that he has been very surprised every step of the way, and the odds of being one out of three were significantly better than being one out of 1,300, but he was still very surprised. Huh. So congratulations, Justin. I know that you were uh, you, you had a lot of people rooting for you on the uh, podcast board and uh, I think on the board, all the boards in general. So uh, our heartfelt congratulations to you. And uh, I, I loved his video. We'll have a link to his, uh, his winning video that got him, the, got him into the finals. And it was a lot of fun. It was really, it was really cute. So, congratulations on that, Justin. And that will do it for the news this week. We're going to move into do a quick weather check before we move on to rapid fire. Uh, we're going to have some very decent weather this week. It looks like mm-hmm. uh, temps are starting to climb. We're getting into the mid eighties each day. Although Anaheim was just plain brutal while I was out there. Um, Dry and windy. Not so much windy, just dry and hot, like surface of the sun hot. And uh, we're going to have lows in the mid-60s this week, so it's going to be nice in the evening still. And uh, right now it looks like only Monday, April 28th. Looks like we'll have thunderstorms outside of that. It's sun. So if you're going to be here this next week, it's going to be good. So with that, we will move on to rapid fire. And who wants to go first? (laughs) I'll go first. The Wave, the restaurant that we told you about a couple years ago, is finally opening at Disney's Contemporary Resort. You can make your ADRs starting now, but the first ADRs are for June 30th. Um, We're looking forward to it opening. The second thing I have is that we have some more details regarding uh, Star Wars Weekend. Uh uh, I know who the celebrity attendees are going to be. Uh, Warwick Davis will host all four weekends. June 6th through the 8th, Jeremy Bullock, who is Boba Fett, and Daniel Logan, who is the young Boba Fett. So you're going to get to see young Boba Fett and old Boba Fett. I love that he doesn't even, can't even pronounce the names right. What is it? Boba Fett. Ooh. That's tomato, tomato. Are you from Boston? 
Nobody. Is this one of those Boston things? Those no, Star Wars fanatics are going to be on you for that. I just think it's so funny because like, this is not his genre of movie. June 13th through the 15th, Peter Mayhew, who is Chewbacca, and David Prowse, Darth Vader. June 20th through the 22nd, Amy Allen. She plays Ayala, Secura, and Matthew Wood, who plays General Grievous. I'm surprised you guys didn't throw this over to me. And June 27th through the 29th, Dave Filoni is the director of the upcoming Star Wars, The Clone Wars. So those are the select... Well, that's the TV show, right? Oh, the TV no show idea must any be. of those people are. The Clone Wars, I thought that was, a, that was one of the movies, wasn't it? No, I, I believe George Lucas is now doing uh, an animated... Oh, yeah, that's right. ...interim yeah. movie for The Clone Wars. So that's going to be the celebrity... Celebrity in quotation. <laughs> attendees <laughs> for the Star Wars weekend. There's some big Star Wars names there. Yeah. There are big names. I can't. I can't wait. Big and long. I'll go with you, John. <laughs> I'm not going. Oh, <laughs> I was just gonna say. there's people there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, all right, I'm going. All right, thank you, thank you, Kevin Corey. What do you have? Uh, starting May 4, 2008, Disney Vacation Club members who are staying at a DVC resort will no longer be charged for wired internet access during their stay. Guests who rent Disney Vacation Club accommodations will be charged for the daily rate for access and high-speed internet access charges will apply to members who stay at non-DVC resorts. So, This is big news. This really is for, for DVCers. When we were at the uh, meeting for uh, the extension for Old Key West, a couple of people brought this up and said, you know, we're members. We should at least get it for free. So this is pretty pretty. They bad. listened. That's they 10, do listen. They They're very good. That's 10 bucks a day. Yep. Hopefully Plus we'll stay for annual pass holders next. I don't think that. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Now, if you want an annual pass, a Disney annual pass that actually gives you some real discounts, get one in Disneyland. Unbelievable. But they don't work here. I know, unfortunately, but they work like a charm out there, boy. It's like a credit card out there. It's great. So, cool. Thank you, Mr. Martin. You have another one. No, go ahead. I think that's kind of important. I think she wants you to read it. I'll read it. Whatever. (laughs) You don't want to do it? You're in trouble. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that people, um, Regina added the, the list of attractions that have language translations to the site. We have, you know, oh, cool. the whole list. Oh, good. We get a couple of emails about that. Then I'm glad you get that up. We'll make sure we add uh, links to that in the show notes page. Good. Thank you. Mrs. I have, Martin. Oh, I have Disney's mini marathon weekend. Mini as in the mouse. <laughs> Not mini. May 2nd through the 4th this year at the Wild World of Sports. It's a women's endurance event presented by Lady Foot Locker. Uh, Disney's Go Red for Women 5K will be May 3rd. It has reached capacity, so you can no longer participate in that event. There's also the Disney's Women Run the World 15K. It's May 4th, and it's reached 95% capacity already. Mm -hmm. So there's still some room there. And also there will be kids' races held over the weekend. Thank you very much for that, Julie. Bob. I have something quick. I'll believe that when I say it. Okay. Disney just announced that they're going to start doing nature films again. And that was one of the things that Walt did in the 50s and created some of the classic uh, Disney uh, films. And they're getting back into that. And they're going to have the first one available for release on 2009, I guess, Earth Day. So I just wanted to mention that I'm glad to see that Disney is going back to their roots and doing some of this stuff, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. That's it. Cool. Wow, that was quick. I'm shocked. 
Mine is uh, Cirque du Soleil is currently offering Florida resident discounts, 20% discount for Florida residents on Category 2 seats from May 1st through June 28th. So I'm wondering why. It's the first time I've seen uh, discounts from Cirque du Soleil in a while, isn't it? They don't normally discount their seats. I think Cirque is, uh, is hurting. There's a lot of stuff out there. Almost every show they do about Disney this this time seems to be focusing on Cirque du Soleil. Mm. I don't think they're getting the business they once were. It's been here a while. Yeah, might be time to ch- change up the show. I've heard. I, I don't want to make. I don't have any fact on this. I don't even have a really good source, but I've heard rumors that the show will be changing. I think it was is overdue. Because don't they do that like in Vegas? They change the shows out. Not no, they, no, they really just leave them. Yeah, and they have shows that tour the country. Once a show is um, set, it. it it stays the same. It I plays. Mean, there's only so many times you can see the crazy clown. But I, I've heard rumors that we will be getting a new Cirque du Soleil. Hmm. A new show. New show. Interesting. All right, Mr. Majoy. I have two. My first one is as of April 6th, which is already passed, Nestle Junior Chef Program in the Land Pavilion has been discontinued or, or stopped. This was that little area in the land where kids can go up and cook stuff and things like that. Um, I understand it's going to be uh, turned just into more seating. Kind of sad, you know. It was a cute little interac- interactive thing for kids, so kind of sad to see that go. The next one I have, this is kind of big news. Disney Cruise Line is going to be introducing a brand new service for concierge-level guests. Now at the 105-day mark prior to your sailing, all this is currently all Disney Cruise Line concierge guests can make their um, seatings for Palo, make their uh, shore excursion reservations and their children's programming reservations through the online system. The new system is going to actually have a group of people uh, through Disney Cruise Line's concierge service that people can call or email to. Oh, good. And have them set up all of their dining and all of their stuff and help them with other things as well. Uh, these specialists are going to be available Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And I know that Regina is working on getting the phone number and the email address up there cool. for folks. So, Can I just add something to that? Sure. Just because we get the question a lot. Concierge guests, those are guests in Category 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. can book at 105 days. Castaway club members, that means people who have completed at least one Disney cruise of any length, 3, 4, or 7, can book at 90 days. And the rest of the folks can book at 75 days. That's a common question, and I thought it bared repeating. This is also really good because Disney's online systems have been experiencing a lot of problems lately. People are going nuts because when they try to book their stuff, uh, the systems are crashing. So people are panicking. I'm not going to get my Palo reservation. So at least concierge guests will know that they'll have another way of getting these reservations and not to panic that they can't get through to the system. One of the common messages people get is that their cruises are not paid in full, when in fact they are. However, that has nothing to do with um, whether or not your cruise really is booked in full. It's Disney's online system, and they are looking into fixing that. Disney Cruise Line's online system. Cool. Great. Well, thank you, everybody, for that. We are going to move on to our first segment. Julie Martin has been putting together a uh, a whole series on Disney weddings, and she has our first installment of it today. So go ahead, Mrs. Martin. Let's hear what you have. 
Well, this is for Walt Disney World, not Disneyland, just to be clear about that. And they offer fairytale weddings, vow renewals, and commitment ceremonies. So they cover everyone, which I think is very nice. Um, I'm going to have to do it in segments. These are very detailed. I do go over a few prices, but if you want to get more information, um, request a video or a little brochure that will tell you about each type of ceremony they offer. It's www.disneyweddings.go.com. The first collection I'm going to talk about is the Wishes Collection. This one allows you to design the wedding of your dreams. You choose every detail from the icing on the cake to the dance floor to your table settings. Now, ceremony locations, you have um, quite a few to choose from. You could do Disney's Wedding Pavilion at the Grand Floridian, Seabreeze Point at the Boardwalk Resort, the Yacht Club Resort, or the Magic Kingdom. Those are your choices. In Epcot, you could do Italy's Courtyard or Isola, which is directly in front of the Italy Pavilion. France, Germany, Japan, China, or the UK. I think all of those are excellent choices, especially China at night. That picture that won our yeah. photo contest, that would be gorgeous that to have is. a wedding. Um, ballroom locations include the Grand Floridian, the Yacht and Beach Club, or the Boardwalk Resort. Your floral choices, actually, you will work with the Walt Disney Florist. They coordinate everything for you, um, your arrangements, the room decor, and the style of your reception tables to what you suggest and they can also suggest things if you really don't know what you want your bouquet styles um, can be either single or mixed floral they have one called romantic elegance which there are no greens it's just flowers garden splendor which includes greens back to nature where you can include things like pine cones or seashells in your bouquet which i think is really neat because i love seashells <laughs> um they I have, have uh, i'm not no uh, uh. No. no interruptions, please. I this is a long segment. To, I know. I just want you to know I have seashells if you need some. No, Bob, I have plenty, and I prefer my own, the ones she that I found. She them up with her feet. Okay. I like the ones that I found. I don't buy them from the store. Okay. Oh she my. digs them up with her toes. <laughs> do you know that someone said that they love that I do that because they do the same thing? I don't okay, so there's toes. two of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you're being tracked. <laughs> but anyway... They also have Whimsical, which is a non-traditional bouquet where you can add lollipops or crystals or feathers, anything that floats your boat. And then you have Fantasy, which can be inspired by your favorite character or passion. So if you love cheese, cheese in your bouquet. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cheesy. Well, but um. <laughs> the entertainment that you can choose from, you have soloists, duets, trios, and themed entertainment. Now, for a soloist, you're going to pay between $525 to $820. Hmm. You can choose from a flutist, a violinist, a harpist, a pianist, a vocalist, or a guitarist. Everything's pricey, guys. It is a wedding, and it is Disney, so keep that in mind. Um, your duets that you could choose from would be an organist-vocalist duo, guitar-flute duo, harp-flute duo, or harp-guitar duo. And these range from $650 to $1,200. <laughs> Pete's rolling his eyes. Wow. <laughs> You're just imagining the harp and the flute, aren't you? I'm, I'm thinking for that much money, the duo better be Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> I'm just thinking of how I can do one of these things. Oh, you want to be? You want to get paid that money? The flutist or something? Maybe. Oh, maybe. Um, the themed entertainment these range in price from five hundred to three thousand dollars. So you can choose to have confetti cannons, a bagpiper, a Key West style guitarist. A Herald Trumper or a Herald Trumper du Trumpeter Duo. You can also have Major Domo dressed in a Renaissance costume. He can carry your rings for you. Or you can have an English butler in a proper hat and tails to carry your rings out. The private fireworks are only at the wedding pavilion, and that's what costs $3,000. 
Mm. Wait, private fireworks? Mm-hmm. Like, what, wishes? They're not very big. They're inside the wedding pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they would go off like after he pronounces of, you man and wife. With sparklers. It's a couple of cast members with sparklers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that's quite expensive. Yeah, I've seen that happen a couple of times. So I would imagine it's a pretty nice display. It's not just, you know, Snapchat. some guy standing back there with his cigarette lighter <laughs> setting off like smoke bombs. <laughs> setting off M80s. <laughs> it's really not something like wishes going off. It's only a for three thousand dollars, it better be pretty daggum similar. No, wishes is I think what is it, about thirty thousand dollars to run wishes. Thirty five thousand yeah. dollars. So, you, so you're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get one or two. Yeah. I told you what are those? It's a couple of straight up, right cast members the water. Yeah. Hey, for those of you girls out there that where mom and dad are willing to pay for whatever you want, go for it. Um, your ceremony transportation, uh, you have several things to choose from. Of course, Cinderella's coach, which is very popular. You get the six Welsh ponies that are white, a driver, and two footmen for $2,700. Wow. A horse-drawn Landock coach, um, which is a white coach drawn by one-quarter horse with a driver. It's $1,700. You could arrive in a white vintage Rolls-Royce for 800 a black convertible vintage Model A Ford for six hundred, which I love. The photo of it is it's it's awesome. I would ride in that. Um, the limousine at three hour minimum, eighty four dollars an hour, and you can also have a luxury motor coach uh, for your guests. They can take them to and from the wedding events and then back to their Walt Disney World Resort. It's eighty eight dollars an hour, three hour minimum, and it holds up to forty seven passengers per motor coach. Hmm. Bob will come get you for forty bucks. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, cocktail in a in a wagon for two hundred. I'll I'll get you there and back. Yeah, and then photography. You have three packages to choose from. I'm not going to go into detail with these. If you want to see the details, you can go online. They're very extensive, but they do offer a ten hour package. It's five thousand two hundred and twenty five dollars. Huh? An eight hour package for three thousand six hundred and fifty, and then the six hour package for twenty eight hundred. Wow. Go for the six hour. No wedding lasts for ten hours. Bring a disposable camera. Take <laughs> your own pictures. Oh, but it does include some really nice um, things within the package. So just look at those details and decide which one is right for you. Uh, of course, you can also do the Walt Disney World Resort and Theme Park Portrait Session. It's a formal portrait session for the bride and groom only. All packages include a twelve print four by five white Disney themed folio of your images. You could have this done at Magic Kingdom at Cinderella Castle for $1,000. You can do it at Epcot, Disney's Hollywood Studios, or Disney's Animal Kingdom for 650 And you could also choose a Walt Disney World Resort for $450, and that's for one hour. Normally it would be at the Grand Floridian or the, your choice of resort. Your reception album is $475. It is 20, 24 by 6 images from the wedding ceremony. They'll be presented to you in a library-bound album at the reception. So those are something that's a immediate gratification kind of thing. So that'd be nice. Um, you can do a honeymoon or engagement portrait session for 310 which, I mean, that's not too bad. That's not bad. <laughs> it could be at any Walt Disney theme park or resort hotel. Casual attire is required, and they also say that these sessions are only scheduled from park opening until 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. So it's a very limited window. I, if, I think that has something to do with the uh, the pictures coming out good and the colors and the stuff like that. You want an early light. Yeah, definitely. Um, they do offer some a la carte. You can do reprints, portraits, panoramic photos, family albums, um, and gift folios. 
your videography. They also do hourly packages, the 10-hour package where you get two VHS copies or one DVD copy. For the VHS, it's $2,400. For DVD, it's $2,650. The 8-hour package, the two VHS, $1,800. One DVD, $2,750. And then the 6-hour package is two VHS for $1,500 and one DVD for $2,050. So these are all, I mean, you know, if you're adding this up in your head, dads. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm really glad you're doing these prices because we get these questions a lot. Yeah. And what happens is a lot of people think, well, you know, four or $5,000, I'll have a Disney wedding. No, no. you won't. It was just. You'll yeah. have a Disney dinner. <laughs> we have friends that got married. They did the wedding pavilion at Grand Floridian and a ballroom reception. And she told us how much. It was $50,000. Yeah. How many people? It. Actually, I would say were there 100 people I maybe? I would say about 100. 50,000. Were they from the yeah. local area? Or? But I remember the photographer left earlier. Yeah. He must have got the six-hour package. Mm-hmm. The six hours ran out, so the photographer wasn't there for the cake cutting. Nope. Wasn't there for like uh, some of the, a lot of the, like the father-daughter missed. dance. Right. Things now, like that. On those video things, you're going to have to add the cost of a VCR. Yeah, I don't understand why they still offer that. Um, Maybe for grandmothers who haven't upgraded to DVDs yet. (laughs) I have no Um, idea. I'm actually on the Disney wedding site right now, and you just want to know what jumps out at me? For the prices that we're talking about here, do you know it's not even a toll-free number to call them? Yes, I did know that. That is just... It's a 321 area code. It's a long-distance call. That's absurd. It's crazy. The website is... Very detailed, though, and helpful if you are going to plan a Disney wedding, just to let you know. Um, I had to fake a wedding date and put my maiden name in order to get all the info. <laughs> I'm so bad. Um, you rebel, you. Yes, I'm such a rebel. <laughs> She's Julie Newmar. <laughs> oh, they do have an add-on package. It's called Through the Years Add-on for $400 with the videography. You get 40 still photos inserted into a video montage. And these photos would be provided by you and your family, fiancé. And his family. They offer cosmetology. Your wedding planner will give you a list of the many different cosmetologists that you could pick from and see in the area. Or do your own, like I did. (laughs) They have officiants. There's a list. They'll be provided to you. You can choose the person that best suits you and your fiancé for the ceremony. So you can have a Catholic priest. You can have just a preacher. um, You know, whatever. Uh, A rabbi. I have no idea at all. It's like, oh, I'm sure I'll... Figure it out eventually. So, and, you know, I would imagine if you already have someone in mind that you want to officiate your ceremony, they would be more than open to that as well. You also will get your wedding website. You get a choice of six different color palettes. Once the wedding is booked, the website is put in place to assist you and your guests. It contains necessary information for you and the guests, and it also details the event. After the wedding, the photos are put on the website. It makes it easier for you or your guests to order prints. So that's kind of nice. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Which you have a lot of photographers that do that today, mm-hmm. even outside of Disney. Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, everybody gets to pick and choose what they want. You exactly. Know? Your reception locations, um, there are three ballroom locations to choose from. One of them is the Grand Floridian. There are four special venues offered. Uh, an example is the Atlantic Dance Hall on the boardwalk. They have 13 different theme park locations. One is the Bistro de Paris, which I thought sounded kind of nice. I didn't want to go through all of those, so I'm just listing an example. And then there are four fine restaurants where you could have your reception. And one of those is the Gico Wine Room. So I thought that sounded nice. I chose the ones that I would pick. (laughs) (laughs) Do they have outside ceremony areas? 
or receptive? were you not paying attention, Bob? Yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say sea breeze point. There oh. you go. I'm going to give Bob the paper so he can read oh, over it himself. Point. I remembered. <laughs> the only reason I asked really Bob. short attention span theater with Kevin you, Kevin is a good student. Bob, pull out your highlighter. <laughs> One of those. I, I just want to mention uh, China. Remember she mentioned China, sea, Italy. I heard that stuff, but I, I just wanted to mention about the sea breeze point. Yes. I was near where they were having that, and it was during love bug season. Oh, yeah. You have to be very careful about when you plan your wedding. That's, that's where I'm trying to go. We, I, I was with you when we saw that. Remember, right. they were on the cake. It was they were horrible. everywhere. So if anyone's planning, like in May or September, weddings, don't go outdoors. Yeah, really. Yeah. Because, I mean, I literally watched these guys take the cake back into the, into the hall and... Pick try the to, love bugs off. Try to love attract bugs the do love not bugs. Taste good. Yeah, and, they, <laughs> chips and the there. thing they love the most is white. people that are dressed in white. And it was like the, the bride went bride. out there. Oh, I'm going out there. It can't be that bad. Well, she went out there, and all the love bugs said, "Hey, look at her." Next thing you know, they're all over her dress. So doesn't that's, make for a pretty. That's picture. why I was asking about the outdoors. So yeah. be careful there. Now, your dining, you can choose from a plated menu, a buffet station menu, or, or a family style menu. Customize your dining experience with a one-hour pre-reception, a bar, crown service, or Viennese table, which is nothing but desserts. And Troy and Leslie actually had the Viennese table. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, they had the pre-reception, too. Yeah, they pizza did. Furry. <laughs> the pizza furry. pizza <laughs> furry. Now, you also get to choose your cake and champagne. You can select from one of the chef's designs for your cake, or you can provide your own idea or photo. You get one bottle of champagne that serves eight people, and if you wish to upgrade to a premium, there's an additional fee. So, in other words, <laughs> bring your own. Have people stuff, you know, put it in their pants or something. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably charge you. Do it redneck style. Yeah, because yeah, there's nothing like a fifty thousand dollar wedding with a bottle of champagne in your drawers. <laughs> What's, what do you got in your pants? It's uh, a goiter. Nothing. It's like, nothing. Goiter. Nothing. <laughs> goiter. A bottle of champagne. Oh uh, yeah, you told me that before. Now, your decor, you get to choose from several different magical backdrops, they call them, um, lighting accents and themed accents. So basically, you know, you can make your own little Cinderella wedding, aerial, whatever you want. Now, your table styles, you can have, you have a head table, and there are six different styles to choose from. You can do the sweetheart, where it's just the two of you at one little table, or you can do the Roman, where you have you and your entire wedding party seated. That's $8 million for that one. <laughs> now, your guest tables, there are 12 different styles to choose from. I'm going to name just a few examples. They have the Mad Hatter, which I thought was interesting, Latin, or Beauty and the Beast. Now, entertainment for your reception. Once again, you can choose from soloists, duets and trios, orchestras, bands, and themed entertainment. If you want a Disney character at your wedding, it's going to cost you between eight and $1,600. Mm-hmm. Per can, character. Yes. So you choose from Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, Chip, Dale, Pluto, and Goofy. It's by the half hour. So yeah. one character is $800, two is 1200 and three is 1800 For even, a half hour. Even for Chip and Dale? Yes. <laughs> they came at like 40 bucks a day. <laughs> John refers to Chip and Dale as filler characters. <laughs> yeah, and that's only for a half hour. So I thought that's really outrageous. You're going to get a lot of hate mail from the Chip and Dale I fans. Know. Yeah, I'm a Chip and Dale fan. But that covers the first wedding. Uh, yeah, the but you like collection. to go to the, the stripper shows. No, the Chip and Dale strippers. Not that Chip and Dale. Yes, that's what you're a fan of. Yeah. 
But once again, I want to say DisneyWeddings.go.com for more information and details, and they'll send you all the information that you want. So that was the Wishes Collection. Is there a charge for looking at the website? <laughs> no. <laughs> thank God, because if there was, I'd be charged a lot. <laughs> oh. No, Disney hasn't started that yet. You can look at it for an hour. With <laughs> <laughs> a theme backdrop for $1,400. I am going to cover honeymoons, um, DCL weddings as well. So look forward to all of that. Excellent. I think Great. the next one is Disney's Couture wedding. That's the next one I'm going to do. Great research. Yeah, yeah. excellent Thanks. research. Thanks. I hope we have a son. <laughs> <laughs> I want to plan a wedding. Oh, good. Oh, Lord. Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. You ought to be starting saving now if this is what you're planning. Yeah, right. No, our it. children are not never going to Disney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. <laughs> What's mom and daddy do? I don't know. <laughs> Talk them into taking the deposit for a house. That's cheap. Take them to Old Town. Tell them this is Disney World. <laughs> oh, <laughs> people do that. The A N W on one ninety two has a little mini carousel. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> Here are your quarters. <laughs> the train in front of Kmart. Oh, Lord. All right. Thank you very much for that, Julie. We're going to move on. Kevin and John and Bob were over at Animal Kingdom yesterday. It was one of the reasons we are not record- We recorded this, uh, this episode late this week so that uh, they could report back to us on the 10th anniversary celebration that went on. So uh, tell us all about it. We, uh, we had made a decision a while ago when we first heard about it that we were definitely going to attend the, the uh, 10th anniversary celebration of Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. Uh, that morning when the alarm went off at 6 a.m., we changed our minds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to go. We'll Do go you... to the 20th. <laughs> oh, God. I want five more minutes, please. It's not that big a deal. But we got ourselves up and out, and I'm glad we did. Um, got to the park about, I would say, about 8 a.m., and the lines at the turnstiles were already back to the ticketing booths. But I was under the impression that most of these people weren't there for the same reasons we were there. A lot of these people were just park attendees. The folks from WDW Celebrations, this is the website that sort of started this whole thing where they've shamed Disney into doing anniversary celebrations of parks. They did this for Epcot's 25th. Disney wasn't going to celebrate Epcot's 25th anniversary, and this, at the time, 16-year-old, put together a website and, and put together these celebrations. He was the one who, in his website, were the one who sort of set up the celebrations for Animal Kingdom's 10th anniversary as well. Went over to the booth. I can't say enough about this. This was really, really nice. Kevin and I did not sign up in advance. Walked over. Talked to people. What do you want to see? What do you want to do? Are you a guest? Are you a, are you a sponsor? Those sort of thing. And everything was very, very nice and cordial. We met up with Simon Vaness. He was handing out lanyards and things. Oh, nice! Really nice One of the nice things they had done. They had for those. I'm sorry for those who don't know. Simon Vaness is a uh, guidebook author from the UK. He lives here in the US now, but he is the author of the Brits Guides mm-hmm. uh, to Walt Disney World, Orlando, Universal. Actually, one of the uh, one of the most celebrated guidebook authors in the world. He is a uh, uh, tremendous, tremendous following, tremendous success. His books are unbelievable. He's a great so, guy. Yeah. One of the nice things this group did was they had set up group meals. There was also group um, safaris. They asked us if we wanted to go on the safari. They had um, different meals set up throughout the day and asked us which of those we intended to um, 
partake in. There was no cost for this. I mean, you paid for your own meal, but this was a way for people to get together. And then they also offered you the option, or are you not staying in the park after the initial ceremonies? And we explained that we weren't staying. So they marked our little lanyards that way. They were just trying to keep track of how many seats they had and things like that. So I thought it was really well organized. And I really hope that Disney is shamed by this. Disney has decided on these global celebrations. They did the one for Walt's 100th birthday, and they completely missed the uh, uh, 35th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom. I think there are people out there who want to celebrate those milestones. And, you know, sort of their lives are wrapped up in this, too. And I think Disney should be shamed by the fact that they're allowing someone else to do this. Mm. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. And I think this proves the point, that there was a quite a few people who are interested in this so kudos to WDW celebrations they did a, a really great job after that kevin told the story about meeting up uh, with anthony's dad and seeing anthony we went into the park and as you came to the the tree of life area the crowd sort of stopped and our timing was perfect we got to sort of halfway down that hill and then all of a sudden the music blared up and it was the folks from the festival of the lion king dancing and performing and doing a little sort of parade. This was everyone. They didn't let anyone pass that point. This isn't just people who signed up or anything. All the day guests were stopped at this point to see the rededication of Animal Kingdom. Out came this float, uh, and it had... uh, I think it was actually one of the vehicles from the Jam and Jungle Parade. Yeah, Yeah, the one Mickey stands on. They stopped in front of the crowd, and it was uh, Joe Rohde. It was uh, Jane Goodall, the famous primatologist. And also, let's just make sure everybody knows, Joe Rohde is the senior Imagineer for Disney who actually came up with the concept for Animal Kingdom. That is correct. And it was also the uh, vice president of operations for the Walt Disney World Resort. And I can't remember her name. I apologize. I put this in my blog. But I just Beth. Kind of, yeah, something or other. They each gave a nice little short speech, um, talked about, Animal Kingdom, talked about the park, talked about being happy to be part of the 10th anniversary of the park, and they also talked about um, how the Disney Conservation Fund has become the Disney Worldwide Conservation Fund, and how much money they um, give to wildlife, saving wildlife and saving wildlife preserves, and all the good things that Disney does. Jane Goodall was very humorous. She um, talked about the chimpanzees, and I she said something that I think was very telling, especially to those people who are negative about the idea of a zoo. And she said if she was an animal in the wild and if she couldn't spend her time in the wild, that there was no place any animal would rather be than Disney's Animal Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Things are that well run, animals are that well tended to, and their natural environments are that well recreated. Now, I might say that, you might say that. To hear Jane Goodall say it. Yeah, that carries some weight. Yeah. So she thanked um, Walt Disney World and the crowd of people who came there in chimpanzee. And I have to tell you, it was hilarious. hilarious. She did it in a humorous vein. She she spoke as a chimpanzee. And I, I said to John, the best way to describe it is the scene from when Harry met Sally in the deli. (laughs) when rob reiner's mother turns and says i'll have what she's having (laughs) it was great to hear her do it though uh something that we noticed early on in the day and i have a feeling that she started it and i'm not entirely sure when we lined up 
I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but after this opening ceremony, we all walked to Theater in the Wild. That's where the Nemo show is. It used to be Tarzan Rocks. Mm-hmm. And we were all queued up. And the chimpanzees from across the park were very, very vocal. And people that had are fans of Animal Kingdom and are in there all the time kept saying the same thing. We've never heard this. Hmm. We've never heard this. And I think she started it. Uh, she seemed to get them chattering throughout the throughout we were in line for i'm going to guess half hour to 40 minutes before joe Rody's speech started and they never stopped really yeah it was it was they were pretty vocal and pretty active so i don't know if she was over there interacting with them or if the her little um opening speech had done something because it was amplified throughout the park so it was pretty cool something really interesting we uh we do have everything on video i forgot to bring them today but i'll bring them and well, I, I have some of the uh, Joe Rody stuff. I already have two parts of it ready to be yeah. put up on YouTube. I'll have the whole speech. Great. Uh, Let's also put it but in. Your, the, uh, your video stopped in the middle, right? I've I, got, I have a one gap. Okay, because I've got front. I've got the whole thing, even the opening ceremony. Do you have it in Bumble Cam though? Is it like shaking all over the place? <laughs> no, no this was good. not Blair Witch Project video. <laughs> he was sitting with a monopod. <laughs> Well, I've gotten better. No, you've gotten that. much better. You have gotten much better. Well, they've already posted on the board. Doesn't mean I'm still not going to. That's uh, all right. They've already who's already posted on the board. We told them that we had this video, and they were a little fearful because we've we've talked about John's video. <laughs> they've already said, "Oh no, John didn't take it's it." Did bumble they? cam. <laughs> so we queued up to to see Joe Rody, and it was very nice. People around you know sort of socialize and talk to people around you in line. Went into theater in the wild and was surprised at how empty it was. I would say half of the of the theater itself was empty. No, but Joe Rody. Now I have to explain. I think the majority of people, as John said earlier, the majority of people that were waiting there weren't there for this. Were not there for the opening or for the tenth anniversary. Unless, they were you, just, unless you knew something was going on, you wouldn't have been aware of it. There was a very why. small sign as you went in that this was the tenth anniversary. But there was not a lot of hoopla about it. Right. And I think this was this is my point. This is what made me upset was that, yeah, the people who were, if you knew about the WDW celebrations, things that were going on, you were aware of it. But nowhere in the park did it mention, come see Joe Rody's speech. Uh, tonight, today's going to be the rededication of Animal Kingdom theme park. We, so it was all sort of wasted, in my opinion. It was like people who were there that day could have had such an incredible opportunity. We all, we did see a sign. I, I'm sorry. I don't know the name of that small store at the, where they sell the Animal Kingdom merchandise. There's a name for it. Outfitters I, or something like that. I, I I, you know what? I don't know. But there was a small sign that said he was going to be there between 1 and 2 o'clock. That was the only mention I saw that he was even in the park. What is wrong with Disney? You know, That's what I what said. What is wrong with them? Now we did go when we went to see, and as John said, the the theater was only half full, which was surprising. The other surprising thing was that listening to Mister Brody talk was a real um, thrill. However, his entire speech, he it was given as if the people in the audience were cast members. I get the feeling that cast members, Animal Kingdom cast members, were invited to this, whether on duty or off duty. But he didn't talk as if he was talking to. Just a general audience. This was a speech dedicated towards cast members, to cast members. And it was very interesting to hear his 
idea of how the park was conceived. He had a slideshow behind him where he showed the empty land. And he said that, you know, when he got there, he thought to himself, I'm asking a company for multi-millions of dollars and the largest piece of land of any park. And they said, yes. He said, now what do I do with it? <laughs> so it was it was humorous. The other thing that he kept talking about was um, they had a meeting where they decided the scope and the breadth of Animal Kingdom. And the bottom line of Animal Kingdom is the, the forethought before anything was ever built, before a bulldozer moved, before anything, was that they wanted to stress the intrinsic value of nature. That it's not recreatable. It's it's not something that any Imagineer can come up with and that they wanted to honor and showcase the intrinsic value of nature, which I thought was really kind of interesting. Yeah. What I was going to say was Michael Eisner was a big thing to get Animal Kingdom going. I mean, he just definitely wanted that to be part of it. So he, he was the driving force on that. Joe Rody spoke. He spoke for about 45 minutes. Um, very interesting stuff. Again, uh, conceptual beginning to end of the animal kingdom. He also talked a lot about the Imagineering process, which I thought was some of the most fascinating stuff that he, he talked about. Um, what it was like to sort of do blue sky meetings and then have to now figure out how to make that stuff work. Things like someone would come with a conceptual piece of, of artwork and say, this is what the tree of life is going to look like. And what he would say is, okay, now the people in your picture are six feet tall. This means the tree has to be 40 feet tall. This means that tower you have in the background has to be 375 feet tall, which means you have to put a blinking light on it. Is that what you really meant when you drew this picture? So it was that sort of how does he rein in the creative process of all these wonderful ideas they want to do into what can be done and what should be done. The other thing that he really stressed, and I thought, in my opinion, this was the crux of the entire speech, is that the Animal Kingdom, as other Disney parks, are laid out as a story. At the base of everything is a story. And that, he said, he understands that certain guests come into the park and their idea is to tick off the e-ticket rides. And that was a quote that he actually, those were the words yeah. he used. They want to tick off the e-ticket rides. And he said, and I understand why they're doing that. This is an expensive vacation. He said, but he feels that if they're doing that, they are missing the point and the glory of any Disney park. Then he implored Disney cast members, specifically Animal Kingdom cast members, to get people to slow down and enjoy the details. He said, if you stop and you look at one of the animal enclosures for 10 seconds, you're going to get a 10-second snapshot. He said, in the 10 seconds before you got there, that animal might have done this and that. The 10 seconds after you do that, this animal might have done this and that. And you now have a 10-second snapshot where if you have a 45-second snapshot, you now have a larger picture. And what he was trying to do was get people hmm. to see the larger picture of yeah. um, not only Animal Kingdom, but the other parks. And he was talking about the layer of details that are put into the Animal Kingdom. And I, I've i been very honest in that I'm not a fan of Animal Kingdom. He made me want to go back and spend more time and not walk through it like it's the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's, so, a lot, there's a lot there. And, and I really enjoyed his enthusiasm. And you you don't see that with everybody. I mean, he was just going at it and really enthusiastic about the whole thing. 
He's you also know. very approachable and very um, understandable. He talks in uh, terms that everybody can understand. I mean, he explained the creative process of that nothing is an idea that is a finished idea. He explained it. It's more of a um, each idea, no matter what it is, is very, very starts. He said, think of a tree. He said, you have to figure that the idea is the roots of the tree. And as you travel up the trunk of the tree, you get to the branches. And if we're going to paint it blue, what color blue? And then he would go from there and how each thing would then be another decision. And that it eventually, and he said, wherever you stand, whatever you're looking at is one of the leaves on the original tree. So he said, it's not ever possible to sit down and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. He said, every single thing Hmm. was a creative decision as John said, where a simple drawing could lead to a two-day discussion of what actually would happen. So it was interesting. And one of the challenges they had, too, was unlike the other Disney theme parks where everything could be controlled, you now had a theme park where there were a, a million variables. So they had to think of everything in sort of a 360. Okay, now you've come, you're on the uh, safari ride. You want people to look left, but not everyone's going to look left. People are going to look right. People are going to look up. They're going to look down. What are you doing to tell the whole 360 story? So that was one of the the challenges they had. Yeah, they had budgeted out where they had these storyboards that you held up, and they were like a 180 look at them. And they had like every couple of seconds they had these storyboards for that that particular part of the ride. I, I also enjoyed the part where he said some of the ideas that went went. Uh, bad, like they were going to do a uh, like a Noah's Ark type thing, and they were going to have the animals go in in the morning, and the people follow the animals in. And he says, "Well, okay, here's the first problem: you got animals walking in front of the people, and all the people are going to see is the animals' butts. So that that got knocked out." We've talked. We've listened to Marty Sklar talk before, and Marty Sklar talked about the terminology that they used. And Marty Sklar described when you walk down Main Street, he described something called the weenie, and the weenie was the visual point that everything they are doing leads you towards. Everything on Main Street leads you towards the magic ca- or the castle, which when you walk under the train tracks and into Main Street, that's the weenie. And what Joe Rody was explaining is the weenie and the weenie in Animal Kingdom is an animal, and the problem they have is they move. <laughs> <laughs> so he said we couldn't get them to stay in one place. So when the animal moved, as Bob was saying, they would take these one eighty storyboards, and he said, "We know when you go into a, any of the other theme parks which direction you're going to look because we can tell that story." He said in Animal Kingdom because of the fact that the weenies moved, he said they would actually take these 180-degree storyboards and sort of wrap them around their head to make sure that no matter where they looked, that there was something to see. Mm. So, And he was talking about the safari ride. They didn't want this to look like a ride mechanism. They didn't want it to look like, oh, you're just next in line. They wanted to give you the impression that you were in on a safari in Africa, so that there should never be more than one, two, or three of the vehicles in place. So when they designed the physical layout, there had to be things that would block your view of the rest of it, but still look natural. Hmm. So It's amazing the details they have to go through. Yeah, right. so, um, a great, great lecture. Again, he talked for about 45 yeah. minutes. I'm very happy we got a chance to see it. Um, 
after that, they was there was a bunch of other events. We didn't actually get a chance to attend any of those or participate in those. Right after leaving Theater in the Wild, Joe was Joe Rody was outside signing autographs, talking to people. So he was a really, like you said, approachable guy. We uh, we made our way outside the park, and as usual, we asked if there's any 10th anniversary merchandise because we love merchandise. So in that Outfitters, they had 10th anniversary merchandise. They had some cool stuff. We have put together a prize pack for oh, one, of, one cool. of our listeners. And Corey and Julie pulled their name from the database at random. Not their name. <laughs> the winner's name. I win! No. Um, Genevieve Bouchard, Joan Jet, 1976. Doesn't say where she's from, though. Excellent. Genevieve, we're going to show you, we're going to tell you what you've won, and, and Julie and Corey will send that out to you. But we've reproduced that gift bag for Pete. So, Pete, we're going to give you the stuff. And let you do a live reaction to what they're going to get, but you get to keep one as well. Oh, cool! Yeah, well, hopefully it's going to be better than the Toy Story one. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. There are no rolled gold pretzels in this package. Now, the only difference between yours and the winners is we're going to include our lanyards in our IDs. I don't get our lanyards. No, you don't get our lanyards. Oh. The lanyards that Kevin and I. Would you like? Do I have to get an email read in the show? <laughs> Pick a number. We're not sending them the lanyards that we give out. We're just sending them the lanyard that we got yesterday at the 10th anniversary. Now, what you're looking at now is this is what WDW Celebrations gave out to uh, all the people who attended the meeting and attended the event. Really professional looking, but what they did was they listed all of the events and the times and everything. So people at least had an idea of what was going on. That's actually, really cool. I actually got mine signed by Joe Rody. He did. Wow, nice hat. Yeah. Nice baseball cap with the 10th anniversary logo on it. Very cool. I'm having trouble holding this in my lap. Nice t-shirt. Mm. They're the 10th anniversary t-shirt, and they are limited. Wow. It's a really nice t-shirt. I think the logo is very nice. Logo's great. Nice material on the t-shirt, too. And a pin. Now Disney's the- Worldwide Conservation Fund pin for the 10th anniversary. Uh, now, I have to stop you just a second. What's at the top of that pin? 10th anniversary. That is one that you could only get... As you walked through the entrance, they gave that to people as you walked through the entrance. They do have these at cash registers where if you give a donation, you can get a similar pin that says Conservation Hero. The 10th anniversary pin was only given to the people who went through the turnstiles first thing in the morning. Hmm. Oh, cool. Well, and then there's a box here with something in it. Ooh. I like the box. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, nice. Nice watch. It's a limited edition, limited to 250. Wow. 10th anniversary. I didn't see that. Kind of watch. Wow, you guys want to see? Yeah. Pass around. Oh, I hit my microphone. Comes in Beautiful. a really cool box. Very, very fancy. Says uh, 10 years, limited edition on the outside. Then the watch itself is really nice. They were really selling cool. very, very quickly. You were limited sure. to two. I love the smell of new things. It smells like a new car, doesn't it? It's weird. Bob thinks it smells like a new boot. (laughs) 
Wow, that's really nice. Isn't that nice. So Genevieve, you're going to be getting the same prize pack that Pete got. This is really nice. You you really like this. You really like this. Really? Yep. You left the price tag on the bottom. Wow. <laughs> we want to know people know how generous we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the watches were not cheap. No, but worth it though. Absolutely, absolutely they, worth. They come it. in a very nice presentation box. They really do. Oh, Beautiful. No. Limited to two fifty. Limited to two fifty. I wanted to say two twenty five. Does it say two fifty on it? I thought the woman told us two fifty. I could you know be what? Wrong. I could be wrong too. I was busy shopping. Really. So it was a very fun day. It was a nice day. I'm glad we went. I'm glad yeah. we got up early. Um, you know, these are those things that you think about not doing when it's that early in the morning. But when you're done, you're. Very, glad very, you did it. Very glad. Very oh, glad yeah. we did it. Absolutely. We will post a picture. Of the prize pack that Sure Good Very nice prize yep. pack Very nice Congratulations Genevieve Congratulations mm-hmm. And Genevieve got this prize Because she signed up For our mailing list Our uh, Diz Unplugged mailing list You can sign up At podcast.wwinfo.com The information is right there We haven't actually Sent out a mailing To that mailing list I don't think But well, they're, uh, they're included In the monthly But we, we haven't inf- sent Something directly to them yet Right So right now We've just really been Using that mailing list Mostly to give away prizes so, doesn't hurt to sign up. You never really? know. You never I know what else we're going to give away. Just passive, passing Genevieve's loot to Corey and Julie. So, cool. Well, great. Thank you very much for that report, guys. Thank you, Julie, for the wedding report. Thanks, everybody, for the rest of the show. And with that, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged, and we'll be back with you again next Tuesday with our next edition. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>